Welcome back to the James Kennedy Podcast. Bro hugs, fist bumps, and handshakes all around. How are you guys doing? I hope you enjoyed the conversation from last week's episode with the brilliant and inspirational Stella Assange, uh, talking, of course, about Julian Assange from WikiLeaks and the current attempt to extradite him to the US. I feel very privileged to be able to have those kind of conversations as a result of having this podcast. So thanks so much to everybody who supports me in keeping this thing afloat. And welcome to all of the new subscribers that have recently joined as well. Thanks for jumping on board. If you are new to the podcast, then welcome, welcome, welcome. Take a look around of all the previous episodes. As you'll be able to see, this is a mixed bag. If you came for the politics, there's tons of previous episodes with some seriously awesome and interesting dudes such as Greg Palast, Lee Camp, Nathan Paul Southern, Greenpeace, Extinction Rebellion, Mark Curtis, several MPs and loads and loads of um, spokespeople for certain causes as well, which is super, super interesting. Like, you know, we did one on assisted dying. We've done stuff on drug reform. Uh, there's, there's tons of stuff to go and scroll through. If you're not interested in any of that stuff, don't worry. I got you covered as well. We got tons of music oriented episodes with rock stars like Frank Turner and Jace Lewis, Sean Smith, my good friend Alec Clifford, Brian Slagle from Metal Blade Records, and we've done tons of music industry episodes as well to deal with the uh, the underbelly of how the music biz works with guys like Tom Gray and Tim Brennan and the awesome Ian Winwood, of course. So there's a decent body of knowledge and wisdom which is building up on this podcast now across several different areas of interest. So do scroll back and check out some of the previous conversations if you're new to the club or if you haven't checked them all out yet. We've also got some episodes coming up to do with mental health and myth busting around, you know, nutrition and exercise and food health and all that sort of stuff, as well as some sciencey stuff and whatever else happens along the way. You know what I mean? Whatever is interesting and useful. So uh, this is just a general mixed bag of interesting and useful shit. So whatever you come to the podcast for, I hope you find it here and, you know, check out some of the episodes from people that are outside of your usual area of interest because, you know, you might find it interesting. And if you're one of those listeners who hasn't yet subscribed yet, shame on you. It's a click of a button. Come on, help a brother out. What are you doing, man? Get with the times, dude. This is how it works now. Artists do shit for free in return for, you know, a direct-to-fan relationship where you help us out by sharing it, subscribing, leaving reviews, and hitting the star button. Easy to do. Takes two seconds. Doesn't cost you a penny. And it helps us to keep doing what we're doing and giving you the good stuff. So get to it. This week, we're taking another little breather from politics just for a second to jump face first into the comfortable bosom of rock and roll. And boy, have we got a good one. We are joined today by a man who should need no introduction, but let's see what he thinks of this. The Prince of the Port, singer in the band Skindred and Dub War, songwriter, DJ, TV dog rescuer, creator of the famous Newport Helicopter, one of the best front men of our times and most certainly the coolest and stylish man in the land. If you haven't guessed it already, I'm talking, of course, about the awesome Mr. Benji Webb. Thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, brother. All is well. Alhamdulillah, as the Muslim people say. Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm really well. Wicked, man. Glad to hear it, dude. Because you're a busy guy, man. I mean, you know, what, what's, what's been happening lately? I was in a record shop last week, and I was talking to a, a friend of mine called Mikey Cole. Uh, Mikey Cole played bass in a band called the 60-Foot Dolls. Yeah, I haven't seen, seen Mikey for 20 odd years, 30 years, I reckon. And he said, Ben, you're a workaholic. And I looked at him and I thought, I guess I am. I do a lot of stuff, you know. I mm. do a lot of stuff. But, you know, I do it for me, bro. And I enjoy I enjoy serving myself because I know if I wasn't doing something, you know, I, I would just go crazy, bro. So I think right. working, so they call it, it gets me in a place where I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm alive, you know. 
Got Definitely. You. Yeah. You know. Got you. Well, the, the devil makes work for idle hands, doesn't he? You know what I mean? Amen, so I think, brother. Amen. Amen. Know, That's what they say. Keep yourself busy, dude. Well, I mean, you've got the tour coming up with uh, Dub War in March. Is that the main focus right now? What's happening yeah. uh, with, you know, with the balance between Skin Dread? That is the main focus right now. I right. mean, funny enough, um, Skin Dread went on tour. We did a massive European tour with a band from um, Copenhagen, Denmark called Volbeat. Yeah. Uh, we did a massive tour from fucking hell, September right the way till the 20th of December, and we we're all over Europe. So that wrapped up. Um, Skindred's got some festivals coming up, and we've got a new single out uh, called Give Me That Boom, which is going really well. It's doing really good in Germany, and a lot of people are loving that track. But my main nice. focus at the moment is trying to fill up the venues around the UK um, with, with Dub War for this um, right. you know, Westgate Under Fire album yes block, you know hell yes man fucking what a record dude i mean you know I, jeff rose my good friend i do a, all my records i do with jeff so big shout out to mr jeff rose as well and um i know i just caught the post earlier that you put on social media about mike doling and jamie miller on the track uh crying clowns of the record yeah, yeah um we but the last band i did with my band kashira was around europe with snot so there's there's a funny connection there because you guys toured with them back in the 90s when lynn 95, was in the band, mate, 95 we 95. did snot with lynn in the bands um wow. incredible um never never heard of snot until we got to america uh we right. always knew we were supporting fishbone fishbone was going on for go, going on last we were we were opening up and snot was in the middle and um yeah right. we, we were on tour with them for six weeks mate and we made friends for life on that tour definitely it was definitely uh one of the most strangest tours but when you've a tour strange at the time but the magic and the romance comes later when it's all over mate that's something I learned about. At the time, you're like, fucking hell, this is shit. I can't wait till it's over. You know? <laughs> oh, and that's the truth. And that's most tours for me. Like, But when I finished, I right. go, man, what a good time I had. You know? you know, you. I think I tend to do that a lot, even on stage. You know, big festivals like Download. I'm doing a newborn helicopter, doing all the things, doing right. the front man thing and thinking, fucking hell, I can't wait to get off. You know? But, <laughs> really? Yeah. But when it's over, I sit back and go, I had a good time. You know what yeah, I mean? It's quite strange. Right. You know what I mean? Because you got to remember, as much as you, I'm, I'm working up there, bro. I'm got looking for the next yeah. next thing to fucking make the people got rock you. or put their hands in the air or got spin you. around yeah. or do something. So I'm thinking, I'm as I'm performing, I'm working on working. If you know what I'm trying to say, so got I don't you. really You're not enjoy it. In, you know. Yeah, it's only when I sit back and I watch the TV and go, "Fuck me, that was cool." I watch YouTube or whatever. I think yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I think of it. I think when you're actually doing it, the romance comes later. You know what I mean? Got that's it. when you, because at the time it's just work, you know? Yeah. And that's something Got that it. I learned even from the last tour we did with Volby. Are you, I'm you guessing know? you're touring in a lot more comfort now than you were back in the days with Snot. I can imagine touring across America, uh, I'm assuming in, in something <laughs> similar to a transit van. It was a transit probably, van, mate, with a van, right. with, a, with a trailer on the back. And it was hard, but that's all we knew. I mean, we yeah. pull up next to the fishbone and Snot was the same as us. They never had fuck all either. Right. All they had was a trailer and a, U-Haul, they call them U-Haul things, uh, with all the gear in the back. Uh, Fishbone had a bus, and I, you know what's really funny? The bastards never even invited us on there. <laughs> all them weeks, and we never even got to go on there. What? You know, I mean, I always say to people, like, I love taking, like, opening acts. I always like, so for me personally, I, th- I get very, I feel gratitude when I go and I take, a, like, a band that's never been on a bus, and say, come and check the bus, man. And they walk on a bus, and, oh, yeah. you know, they go, wow, my God. Like, And I remember the first time I seen that as well. You know what I mean? Right. You, you know, and I think I think you got to pass it on. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. You do as a musician, you pass it on. Got I mean, too many people I know in 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 the music business and acting game, they get somewhere, 
And instead of letting the fucking ladder down, they put it up the bastards. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, yeah, man. And they don't, they don't, they just want them to be on top of the game. You know, I mean, not everybody can be a rock star, so just calm the fuck down. Don't be so greedy, like you Love know. It. Love but it. I always enjoy taking bands, local bands, on the bus and vibing with them and showing them, like, you know, we worked hard for this bus. You know, this wasn't given to us right. in any shape or form. We worked very hard. We had a lot of arguments, a lot of fucking, a lot of tears. You know, a lot of blood. You know what I mean? But I want to share that with people, you know, when, when we go somewhere. I even grab, like if I see a milkman delivering milk, and like, oh, that's nice, mate. That's a lovely bus, that is. Come on, <laughs> have a look at it, bro. And they come on and they have a look and they go, my God, it's better than my living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? And I like that because yeah. I think we got to, as musicians, you've got you to gotta share it. You know, you got to yeah. share that, what you got. Like it, it, as much as, you know, and I do think that taking the band aside who's opening up, and bring them into your dressing room or, or just, you know what I mean, going into their dressing room before they go on yeah. and encouraging them. I think it's, you know, I mean, that's what, I remember the people who did that to me and that's the guy I want to be. You Good know? for you. Good for you, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, when we talked with Snot, they had a double-decker fucking, it was it was bigger than a double-decker bus. It was huge. And you never went on there. Uh, we never went on there. <laughs> they, no, I we, know, bro, them fuckers. It was a bit fractious, that tour. No, through no fault of theirs. But, um, yeah, we didn't really get on with each other on that tour because our manager uh, stiffed us over for our contribution to the tour. And... Um, I didn't know about this until like the third weekend. I was like, these guys are a bit fucking frosty. Like we pass them in the street, they didn't even say hello, you know? And it's like... Yeah, and you've been on tour with them three days, yeah. Three weeks. Bro, there's things that... There's things... I know, three weeks. There's things goes on... There's things go on that the artists don't know and the management's dealing with it. And yeah. that's it, see? Yeah. And, and I've heard that a few times. Not about you, but um, <laughs> I've heard a few times about fans that that's been on tour and they're supposed to pay half of the bus or paid to be on the tour and yep. they haven't paid and the band don't know about it and they're walking around smiling. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it, no, it exactly is. that, exactly that. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with these guys, man? It's a weird game, man. It's a weird game. It's such a fucking iconic band, such a great fucking album, Get Some. I still listen to it to this day and I was like, oh man, Me too, this, mate. this is going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> I was really surprised because I, I, I've, I've never lost contact with Mikey. I right. mean, obviously before Facebook, I did for years, like 10 years I never spoke to him before. But as soon as Facebook came along, me and Mikey was in contact and then he joined Soulfly because yeah. I did some work with Cavalera as well. So we were always friends through that. Like, you know what I mean? But as soon as I asked Mikey during that pandemic, so Mike, you, you guys up for um, doing some stuff with us, you know, for, for me and Jeff and, and Rich. And they said, yeah, like, it wasn't even a case of like, well, let me think about it. Right. It was like, yes, send me, send me the tracks. We'll get in the studio and we'll lay it down. Okay. And that's exactly what they did. Awesome. So Crying Clowns, I think it's a great song. It's yeah, got man. that. It's not wow wow that Mike yeah. is famous for. Yeah, yeah, I was very happy with that. Oh, Definitely. dude, the, the whole record rocks, man. And yeah, like, like luckily I bumped into Dolan in Belgium uh, a couple of years back, and uh, we managed to rectify everything. You know, we, once he knew what the situation mm-hmm. was and everything, and we tied yeah. it up. And I, and I made sure that they got their money because I was just fucking, like I say, walking around with a dopey grin on my face, oblivious. You know, in Italy, Way. yeah. Well, that's it. That's exactly <laughs> how it is. Hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with I'm saying fucking miserable <laughs> pricks, you know. But yeah, uh, I totally get it now. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily we patched it up because yeah i love that i love that band i love that record man so he plays in a band called channel zero in belgium as well they're, they're big in belgium yeah he's got, a, he's got a he's got a couple of projects actually but it's like you man he's busy as fuck like. yeah he's, well he, bro i just can't sit still like i said i just gotta keep doing it i mean i wrote that ch- children's book not so long ago the wonderful adventures of calling the kids right but what i do you know what i want to talk about people who yes you to death and then they fucking flake on you. 
Okay. <laughs> I think that is the most, you know, I prefer someone to say, fuck off, you bastard. I'm not interested. Yeah, I'm with then you. Then to go, yeah, man, you know, we can work it out. We can work it out. And then you end up being the bad fella for calling them constantly going, what's happening like? So who are we talking about? Anybody? Anything you've got to get a chest? Oh, I got fucking... Like, where do you want me to start, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Tell them. No, I just feel like... I just feel like when you're doing something with someone, whether you're playing guitar, whether you're writing something, uh, whether you're making uh, designing T-shirts, I mean, people, I just think... I, I thought... If actually, I actually thought it was something in the fucking injections it was giving to people and making them flaky. <laughs> making them dopey, yeah. <laughs> My own conspiracy theory, like, you know, but <laughs> I had like four or five things which was going great, man. I mean, like really, really well. Right. Like I was working with this artist on a cartoon stuff and I was working with someone else on, on the T-shirt, some some really cool, um, you know, screens printing stuff. And we were going really well. I was, They were sending me the designs. I was blowing up on it. Right. And they were going, yeah, we're going to try this. We're going to try that. I don't know whether they all got together and said, Benji's a cunt, don't do anything for him, or what? what so all of them, all the whole thing went, went quiet. The three, three, I had one guy in Liverpool, one guy in Bali, one guy in Australia, one in Cardiff. Wow. And the, the, I thought, what, is it me? Ah. Is it fucking me? And I'm mm. really scratching my head. I'm asking my wife, what the fuck? What am I, some sort of asshole? You know, she said, yeah, but maybe not in this situation. <laughs> well, do you know what? For me, right, this is this is music to my ears because I get that shit all the time. I think they call it ghosting, don't they? You know, where everything's going great. And Fuck all of a sudden, me, is that? Now I know what it is. Yeah, okay. It's called ghosting. You can see what people have read the message and they just stop replying. It's a pain in the fucking ass. Because I'm like you, I'd rather them say, dude, we can't do it. All the best. And then, you know. You stop wasting your time, you know? So I prefer that. But it happens to me all the time. But I'm at a, I'm at a different rung of the ladder to you. So I always just assume that this shit only happens to me because I'm sort of down at this level. Well, Once you get up to Benji Web level, it, that no, shit don't happen. So it, I'm, I'm it, glad that, that it no, does. No, it does happen, bro. And <laughs> I think, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, it does make you check yourself and ask, have I did something wrong? Is, yeah, yeah. Is, is, uh, is my conduct been... And, I, and I'm checking my conduct all the time. And, and now I'm working with people. And the first thing or the second thing I say to them is, you don't have to do this. Please tell me to tell fuck me. off yeah. now tell before me. I'm bugging you in a years from now. Yeah. You know, but anyway, that's, that's something I just, I just do encourage every person out there. If you don't want to do something, say you, say you, say yes, but tell them quickly that you're not interested. hundred percent. Yeah. And never, never not answer people's fucking texts and messages. That's yes. the rudest thing you can do. Oh, I think, dude. you know, there's no need for it. Like I, t I text you, mate ghost i text you mate ghost nothing yeah i yeah, just think yeah. people need to go you know what no i don't want to do it yeah not interested because then maybe i can find someone who actually fucking That's is it. interested you can keep it moving instead of you instead of you wasting my time you know and then the people are telling you i've said i mean these t-shirts this guy designed in bali they were outstanding bro it's not even worth me trying to recreate them right because basically, I, I called him, I called, a friend of mine was introduced, Jason, Jason Repose, an, an amazing surf photographer. He turned me on to this guy. And for the first three months, the guy was all over it. I was telling him ideas. I mean, everything he did was based around uh, the, the Newport helicopter thing. Right. You know what I mean? And I was trying to make a, a, a design for a, a, for a shirt and for a clothing brand about, all about the Newport helicopter. And it was going really well. But he did, he was very creative anyway. But what I was telling him, he was just doing what I told him and he was sending it back. Got and I was, and he, I was blown away because he was doing some fucking Rasta shit, some metal no. shit, some scar shit. Nice. And I was like, wow. And I'm wowing me to death. And then one day he said, okay, I'm going to send you some shit and should be with you by next Wednesday. Next Wednesday came. What? 
Nothing. So you got that and far. I mean, dude, I can you got that far. I'm gonna send you. A- you got you got you got as far as next Wednesday. I got, bro, I got to a room. I got to a. Uh, I got to the point where the guy showed me his studio with all the shirts he designed laying up in his in the living room. Oh my god! Room. So you got to the fucking finish line and then nothing. I've I've, I've get to the finish. This is what I'm saying. I don't mind if it's like a chat, one conversation, and then you fuck me off. Of course. But when you put your because one thing that's spinning me out now. It's not the money. It's the fact. What did you do with all them fucking shirts, bro? <laughs> they sat. So, I'm going to send you them, bro. Right? I'm going to send it, you these shirts. They are fucking dope. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's not. It doesn't say skin dread. It's not like that. You'd look at it and you go, "Wow, that is cool." Because then when I say that's Benji Webb's thing, you go, "Fuck me, I can see it now." Right. Right. You know, it's that. It was that kind of cool. Like, you so know. So, how long has this dude been? How long has it been now since you got a reply from this guy? Um, fuck me. He was really cool for the first, I'd say, six months. So I reckon it's been about 18 months now. We haven't bothered with me. Oh, yeah, dude, 18 months. That's fucked and the up. worst thing, right? I left him a message saying, what the fuck, bro? What am I black or something? Sort me out, man, you know? <laughs> and, and, he, and he totally ignored that. And I went, okay, maybe I should have said that. Um, I'll try another one. And I asked him again. And the worst thing is, like, he disappeared then for like four months, and then he appeared again with his fucking with this woman in his life. And I was like, "That's not. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him." I seen her on Instagram, and then he disappeared again. That's weird. And I, I, oh yeah, I just wish. I just what I'd like to say to any human out there: if you're doing something with somebody, and they're the creative, and you're the actual person who's doing it, and they're giving you the ideas, and you're sick of it, tell them. Yep. You're sick of it before 100%. you you wind them up too much. 100%. Yeah. And if you fuckers Randall, are listening, answer Benji's fucking messages, man. Yeah, Come yeah, on. man. Come on, guys. Man, I ain't that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brother Ro. But I tell you, the, it's, it's, it's cool, though, bro. It's, it's, you, life is full of lessons. And if, as long as we learn from them, that's cool, you know? Amen. 100%. Yeah. But you know, I just can't believe that that shit happens to you at your level. You know, I would have thought any t-shirt designer worth this salt would want to work with Benji Webb and Skin Dredge, you know? No, mate. It happens. It happens. It, listen. I got a friend in Metallica and it happens to him too. Believe you me. That's I think it's up. just human fucking condition of bullshit it's called. You know, I mean, people get excited. Right. But I wish they get excited and go, I'm not excited no more. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then it would make your life easier. I'm sure your listeners are like, fucking get over it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but it's interesting, man, because we don't think that this shit happens to people higher up the food chain than ourselves you know yeah and i think it's healthy for people to hear this shit because you know you otherwise you could think it just happens to you and there's so much of that now in our culture you know with social media and everyone's life mm-hmm. looks like it's so much fucking better than yours and everyone's band looks like they're so much more successful and, than yours you know mm-hmm. and it trashes people's mental health it's not good it doesn't help the cause at all man you know what i mean so yeah. I love it when I get people like yourself who are so open and honest about the true reality of what life is like on their rung of the ladder. You know, it, it gives the rest of us a bit, <laughs> it gives the rest of us a bit of hope when we think, oh, okay, it's not just yeah. me. Cool, I'll crack on then. You know, and it kind of segues nicely into something that I wanted to ask you about, which is a bit of a curveball question because I know in interviews people always want to hear about or ask about you know the successes and the name drops and all that sort of stuff and the rock and roll glamour and stuff. Yeah, but I actually think there's it's more interesting. And there's more to learn from the failures. I think it helps people out to know that other people have them as well. And also other people can learn then from those who've been over the trenches before them, you know? 
Yeah, so but- I'd be really keen to hear uh, of some situations that have been, you know, like you've considered to be crushing disappointments or like near misses or missed opportunities or anything like that. Just just to give the rest of us a little bit of okay. a morale boost, you know? All right. Listen, when I was, listen, I'm always, even to this day, I always think of us as, as the band that Neely was like, I, even to this day. Really? You know, I mean, like pulling as many people as fucking Ramstein at download on, on a Friday evening was pretty cool, right? Yeah, man. And uh, but I always look at it like we the band that nearly happened. We nearly happened. Wow. It's like one time, yeah. And that's how I feel even to this day, bro. I mean, I'm, maybe it's a good thing because I'm always striving to be the guy, right? You know what I mean? I'm right. not. I don't rest on my laurels from that. It's, it yeah. makes me go. You know, I, I want. It's like the other night I was watching um, something called Six Years of Welsh Pop Music. Now, I've always felt like. The black sheep of Wales. No one ever fucking was not interested. But then I realized um, how much I have got going compared to some of my mates. Mm. You know, because some of my mates been doing this music thing as long as I have, and they've never had a break. They've never played download. Yeah. You know, they're still playing the fucking ship and anchor on a Wednesday night. You yeah. know what I mean? And 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 you got to take into account how blessed you are, and it makes me feel like that. Like the other night, I was watching sixty years of Welsh pop, and. And I do watch it because I do like, I like super fairy animals and some of the, you know, some of the bands I never even realized were well, well, yeah. like Andy Fairweather Low yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm watching this thing going, fucking hell, this is cool as fuck. And next thing you know, they put us on there. And my wife said to me, see, you're always moaning that they never put, you, they never talk about skin dread. They never talk about skin dread. Then they did, you know, and I was like, wow. But one thing I'd, I'd say is back in the day when um, one of the most crushing, disappointing things that happened to me and Jeff. In the um, in the early days of Dub War, we released uh, our single called "Cry Dignity," and this was the record company's last shot. They were like, "Fuck them!" After this, if they don't happen after this, they can fuck off, kind right. of thing. So, uh, "Cry Dignity" came out on the Friday, and we had a good call from the label saying, "Hey, you know, it's going really well. It's doing really, really well." And we're like, "Wow, that's cool!" So Sunday, and then we, they said, "Well, but we're not going to find out till Sunday." Till the chat is on the actual chat show on BBC Radio One on the chat show. So me and Jeff and Richie and, and Ginge all met in this cafe down down in Newport. So we all sat there. And we got a little transistor radio. Uh, we put the radio on at number forty, right? And we go, okay, top forty. We're listening. Top, 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 top. They, they go down four, five, six. They do like top, they got the top 20, and we're all looking at each other going, Fuck it out. Oh, there go. Yeah. My God. <laughs> I'm just looking at me. I'm looking at Jeff, and they get to the top 10, bro. Yeah. We're still there, right? We're going, No fucking way. <laughs> this is before the internet. See, this right. is before you fucking. So it's just word of mouth, bro. Yeah. It got the number four, right? And we're looking at each other going, Oh my no God. <laughs> oh my God. No way. Got the number two. We're like, and we're like, this can't be right. And we're, not, we're still excited. And then the guy said, number one, a band called Upside Down. They were oh. the first ever. Yeah. They were the first ever band that had a TV documentary about them. And that, the TV documentary was out on the Friday night when I was, because that just boosted their sales. So we, and then when we, on the Monday when we called the label, actually, one of the people called, Ginge called the record label that evening, one of the guys, and they said, Ginge, we got the 41 in the British charts. 41. 41 minutes oh. the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was fucking... I dragged my feet. I was like a wet fucking rat coming home from town that night. <laughs> I, just, I remember walking... I looked at I said, because we, we were like, we were fucking... 
Aldrin Beers and fucking yeah. you know, really buzzing about this thing and thinking we're number fucking one, bro. We're number one. <laughs> nah, mate. We yeah. The record company did all they could do. We did all we could do. You know what I mean? But we got the number four. But the funny thing was, like, we, we listened from forty to forty to, to number one, yeah. bro. And we were forty one. <laughs> we were just on the other side of it. Oh, it's like therapy. Yeah, so that was pretty fucking heartbreaking. I bet, man. Um, I bet. The, when, when we were um, doing our dub war thing, we were quite co- good and people were digging us. Like when we played Reading and Phoenix Festival and all these cool old school 90s festivals we did. We did the Manic Street Preacher Tour, which yep. was absolutely incredible. Yep. Another romantic thing that was shit during the tour. But it's, now it's beautiful, if you know what I mean. Right. You know, but at the time it was hard work. But um, the word was another one that we were told we were going to be on. And. We were on on tour with a band called the Blaggers, okay. Blaggers ITA, and we were told that during the tour, there's a possibility that we are going to be picked to go on the Word, and we're like, wow! And the, the guy from the Word came to see us in um, a place called Harlow. Yeah, I know it. And um, <laughs> a week later, we went home and we're all expecting. God damn. Sat in the house watching the Word. The fucking Blaggers was on there. <laughs> Yeah, I just remember looking at looking at the telly and going, my God, I'm sure we're, maybe they've got the wrong band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it is, it is, a, it is, um, someone said to me, you, you got to be tough to be in rock and roll, and it's not to, to be a hard man, it's just to take the beat up. Oh, yeah. You know? Thick skin. Uh, yeah, and it's true. I mean, you, you look around you and you see bands doing so well and you wish them well, but you still think, fuck, I wish that was me. You right. know what I mean? So what is your, like, you, you mingle in those circles, though. I mean, you said you've got a friend in Metallica. Uh, do, do they say the same thing? Is this, like yeah. you said, is this a human condition this thing? This the shit I moan about, they moan about. Right. This one's a wanker, that one's a wanker, he wants everything for himself. Same thing, bro. Right. Same thing where I complain. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, with, with Dub War, I have more arguments in Dub War now than I ever fucking did. But <laughs> Skin Dread's starting to sail a little, a little easier. You know right. what I mean? I think we're growing it. I mean, 20 years with the same fucking lineup is something to celebrate. Oh, you know? yeah, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? The drummer, I mean, Jeff and Ginge, Jeff, when we first started and recorded the first album, Jeff and Ginge was in the band. You know, uh, yeah. but they left quite quickly. You know, the first American tour we did, uh, uh, Mikey and Aria was playing, and then we re- re- revamped the album so that Mikey and Aria had music on the album, so they didn't feel like they wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, got it you. was actually part of it, not just playing other people's music. You know? yeah. and we did that. But to uh, for being a band for twenty years, I think that's pretty successful. Oh damn! You right, know, man. it's still going you know, strong as well, dude. You know what I mean? It's I like- think so, bro. I, I, you know, I mean. I'd love to like, you know, I mean, when you see some people on uh, on the Instagram and all that, they get like, they, they put a picture of of their dog and they get 90 million fucking <laughs> water calls. And now I put a picture of me singing this beautiful aria, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and get two likes. Yeah, it's like, got you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And you always think, you always think, and it's like people say to me, you know, you're doing so well. And yeah, I do realize and I do count my blessings and I know that I'm doing well. You know what I mean? But you just got, I think sometimes you got to be blinkered, you know, don't watch the other horses in the race. Yeah. Just run your own right. race. Right. I think I've learned to do that. And that's it without getting upset and all that, without saying, well, I'm good. I'm good. What's wrong with me? Doing that fucking, <laughs> this that is, little kid from, this yeah. is therapy for me, dude. I'm so glad that you're, you're, you're speaking so openly and honestly about this. Cause I think everybody it's is the same. True, bro. All of us fans, true, you know, bro. that look up to skin dread, you know, we all feel exactly the same, you know, in our, in our well, level. Listen, of the you know what? Just like in the, just like in the sketch with, um, John Cleese and the, and the two Ronnies, 
I look up to him, but he looks down to me. Do you know right, what I mean? Right, it's right, that right. kind of sketch. You know? you. Someone's, we're always looking up there, but there's always someone complaining. It's like, <laughs> that, that, we played with Volbeat, and some of the venues was absolutely incredible. You know, and I could see that some of the nights, they were, they were gutted because it wasn't, wasn't ram-packed. Oh, okay. but, th- but they're there. I mean, you walk down this hall to get to the stage, and you're walking past, like, Bring Me the Horizon, Dolly Parton, Cliff Richards, Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Humble Dick, Humble Dick. And all these people have been in this dress group, in, in this place where you are. Yeah. I think for me personally, a lot of the time on that tour, I, took, con- I, I consoled myself with the fact that I'm doing great things. I, I'm doing great things, Dude. you know, and that's it. You know? What a life. It's, the, it, it's a cliche, but it is the journey, not the destination, isn't it? Because like, if you weren't dragging your ass around America, playing with snot and a beaten up transit van, I'm sure there were tons of adventures. Like you say, when you look back now, you've got fond yeah. memories because it is, I mean, you know, if you just, if you were fucking working in an office, you know, and you stayed there for the rest of your life, you wouldn't have any of these riches, these no, stories, mate, no. you know what I mean? Memories. You know, I mean, even stuff like that's happened to me, like divorce and things like that. At the time, it was murder. And I said this to a lot of my friends who were going through that kind of stuff. At the time, it's murder. Yeah. But once you get through the battleground and then you find somebody else who you check for or you love, that's the sweet spot. Love it. And you think to yourself, thank fuck I got away from her in the end. <laughs> or in, you know, thank, thank fuck I got away from yeah. her because I'm in a better situation. My heart was and my... And my, and my and my mind wise, I'm in a better situation. And sometimes you gotta fucking go through the really shit times. One time I heard someone say, When you're going through hell, keep on going. Because you're only going through hell. Love it. You're gonna come out the other side. And I and that's the same with music and it's the same with as life stories go as well. I mean, Love you just it. gotta keep going. Love it. You know, man, this is this is like a fucking philosophy session. I love it, man. This is great. Keep wow. keep, keep the wisdom coming, dude. Because yeah. you know, well, bro, I they tell me, they tell me, they do enjoy it. Um, I should do the uh, what do you call it? Fucking the philosophy shit. I do enjoy it. I love, I, well, I love it, man, because I, I oftentimes like I have, um, you know, successful musicians and stuff on the show. And this is the sort of shit that I like because it's more interesting than just talking about like, oh, yeah, well, I was hanging out with Mick Jagger once and stuff. We've heard all that. You know, th- this is the interesting yeah. shit for me. And, and this is the useful shit because it, it helps other people on their journey because they feel like, oh, well, Benj is going through that and he's done X, Y, Z. So, OK, yeah, I'm going to keep pushing through hell and come out the other side like he did, you know. So I think it's, it's, it's good to have these kind of conversations. Yeah, I think I think. Yeah, I think you want to. Well, as a musician, especially as, you know, I, some of my favorite musicians, my, my bro, I'll be honest with you, my favorite singer in Wales to this day is a guy called Nigel Smith, who does my fucking garden. Okay. Right? Free finger Nigel, right? I'm telling you now, that guy's voice is so soulful, and he only pisses around, and, I, and, I, and I, he's doing a garden sometimes, and, he, and, he, and I'll stop, and I'll look at him, and, he, and he's doing his thing, and he starts singing, and he goes, oh, listen to this, Ben, I wrote this last night. Wow. And I tell you what, bro. His voice is so soulful. You know, he looks like Father Christmas. Right. But he sounds, my God, he's got that. Oh, man. I don't know what it is. It's, he's got that, he's got that, he's got that Zeppelin tone to his voice. Right. You know what I mean? But there's a richness to it. And I mean, like I said, yeah, I've been on a telly. Nigel been knocking around in pubs and clubs and fucking, and open mic nights for years. Right. But I, I recognize the talent in his voice. You know, another v- beautiful vocalist for me. I put Nigel, my gardener, on a par with Kelly Jones from fucking Stadio Fire. Wow. So I think he's a beautiful Right. Him, Rod Stewart and Kelly Jones. Oh, he's got I that rasp. Uh, yeah, he's got the gravel. Oh, there's something about their voice which is special, bro. Yeah. You know? Uh, but I put Nigel up there with them. You know what I mean? He's that. He's got that tone to his nice, voice. Nice, man. And he's not. He's nobody famous. He, you know what I mean? Like I said already, he's just 
He's just a beautiful guy who, who, who I used to know from bands. He still plays. He can play guitar. He can play bass. He can play drums. Ask me what I can play. Fuck off. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a great but point. This, but, the great yeah. point because there's so much especially around here man there's so much fucking talent there's so many good bands you know and they're working their ass off and they're all professional and they're doing it on a shoestring with no label and having to work around day jobs and stuff like that and it's fucking heartbreaking man because there's only so many opportunities you know what I mean and yeah. there, there is yeah. an unfortunate element of luck because you've got to gra- grab that opportunity you know what I mean if, if one doesn't come your way you can be the best fucking singer in the world but what, where do you go from there you know so I mean it's difficult to know what to tell like in emerging bands or, or bands that are like hammering the circuit because it's tough out there now man we know the state of venues and streaming and all well, that of sort course. of stuff you know that's it so well, what- do you know one thing I always say I always say this to people right take your eye off fucking trying to be rich just enjoy yourself man take your eye off trying to be famous just enjoy yourself you know I mean I, and another thing I, I know I might sound old when I say this I said but if you were making a brick if, you, if you're making a a career out of music you don't put your first fucking wall. If you, if like like a bricklayer, if he did a wall, he's not going to show put everybody, let everybody see the wall he's just built for the first fucking time. He's going to keep on that wall. And I'd say just do it for the love of yourself and look around you. If you can look around you on stage and say that's the that's my favorite guitarist in the world. Yeah, that, that's that's the blessing, bro. I mean, ch- chasing the chasing the dollar. You know, I mean. Chasing the dollars, you know, is one aspect of it. But when you stand on stage, if you look behind you and see a drummer who you love and you not just love, you actually dig the way he plays and you wouldn't want to be without him. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's that's the magical thing in rock and roll. If and I know I'm blessed from from a very early age, from the first time I got in a band and I and I didn't even get a record deal till I was twenty six. You know what I mean? I'm I'm fifty five now and I didn't get a record deal till I was twenty six. I and I and I felt old then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because a lot of bo- lot, lot of the stuff was happening, bands were happening, you know, singers were happening, but I I didn't do I didn't do it till Ewick Records came into my life, right? You know, but I was doing it, not trying to get a record deal. I just didn't want to fucking work with my brothers painting and decorating. Right. Yeah, percent. I, mean? yeah. I was never gonna do that. As much as I'm the worst fucking renderer you'll ever see, <laughs> I am. You know, my brother. When my brother used to give me work to paint and decorate and he'd have to go back and do it himself after. You know what I mean? When right. I, he'd say, you know, I'm doing it because I love you, not because you're fucking good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's great advice, man. So those bands out there, because I know because I've been there. I did it for 10 years. We never got above the transit van level, washing in the car park with, with warm bottled water and shit like that. Uh, it's fucking horrendous. Yeah. That's what I put in my book. And I think the reason the book did well is because it had that appeal. More people could relate to it than they could relate to stories about private planes, cocaine and groupies, you know? Um, I think that was the appeal because most bands, that's, that's the level they do stay at you know so well i think you know what in all honesty i think what you're talking about there is is 95 percent of the musicians yeah not the the, not the elite who actually get the play on download and they got andy coppin's phone number you know what i mean there ain't many musicians who got that vibe going on yeah you know what i mean so your book will appeal to those i mean i can't even i can't bro there's so many musicians I respect and I love that never, like like you said, never left the transit van. And they're still on the transit van. But the main thing, they are on a transit van, but they're still doing it. Yes. They haven't given up. I think once you go, I'm not doing this no more, that's when it's over. Right. You know, that's for me anyway. And I, and, and I got so many people go, oh, do you want to buy my amp? No, I don't want to buy your fucking amp. Keep it. Oh, no, I've had enough, bro. I've had enough. I can't. Bro, you know what? And that's when it's over for you because you've given up now. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? It's like people come up to me all the time. People, have, people who come up to me all the time. Every other day they go, 
still singing are you bench <laughs> you know i go yeah i'm still singing bro uh, yeah yeah i've seen you on um on the telly before i said yeah I'm still doing it bro <laughs> you know they don't know what else you gonna do up, that's you that's what you do that bro I'm, i mean i'm pretty shit at painting and decorating that's my brother <laughs> serious you know he won't even give me a gig i did say to him when the when the pandemic hit and we had no money and nothing was coming in and nothing was being sold no gigs you know i live my life through rock and roll show if i'm on the phone to you I ain't making money, bro. During the time you see me making money is when I'm running up and down like an idiot. Right. You know, and I did say to my brother during the pandemic, can you, can you help me out? He said, not a fucking chance. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I might as well fuck. My brother said to me, I might as well get my dog and get a fucking paintbrush and put it on his tail. That's fucking <laughs> interesting, dude. So you reached out to your brother in the pandemic. Yeah. And he said, fuck you, man. Fucking go dude. Richie Su- he, he said, go and see Richie Sirak. He might give you a couple of quid. Matt, I'm surprised <laughs> at that shit. I surprised. Nah, he said, nah, he wouldn't. Bro, uh, what he was, what he's trying to say, the standard of painting that he's got is a good business. No, and he don't. I'm surprised that you had to reach out. Is what I'm surprised that a guy well, that's been in the game. No, well, you know, that's the way. Listen, I mean, at the time, you know, at the time, I was, I was all right. Believe you me, I was all right. right. But I was thinking, if it got fucking worse got and you. worse, okay, that's what I was thinking. But I wasn't like really like desperate yeah, at yeah, that yeah, moment. Yeah. But I, just, but even though I did say to him, listen, if, if worse comes to worse, and um. He said, don't fucking ask me for work. You can't, no. <laughs> I don't care who you he are. Said, <laughs> he said, I might, you might as well, he said, I might as well stick a fucking paintbrush on a dog's tail if you're going to do the painting, bro. <laughs> and if any, anyone's out there listening to this and, and, and Benj ever falls on hard times and comes knocking your door with a fucking can of paint in his hand, just shut the door in his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, please, please shut, I'll shut the fucking door in my face. <laughs> Well, that's interesting, dude, because that, that leads me into uh, something I wanted to ask you about. Because you've, you've been in the game a while now, you know. You've seen the industry change. You came up in the old model, you know, in the 90s. Yeah, was the ass end, yeah. Yeah, and, and, then, and now you're in, very much in the new model. You've seen the whole shift, and you've been in it and, and stayed afloat in it. So what are your thoughts, man? Do you think it's better now um, with social media and the ability to make your own records? Because for people like me... Um, who doesn't have a record deal. I've done seven albums. It didn't cost me a penny. I did them all in this fucking room. You know, I, I was able to yeah. keep it moving. I self-distributed myself. Some of them did better than others, you know, and I was able to do my yeah. thing. I couldn't have done that in the 90s because, you know, you couldn't make your own record back then. You know, it was too fucking expensive. Yeah. So the, yeah, I, exactly, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of an evangelist for the new model, but it's because it's all I know, you know. So what, what are your thoughts? I think, you know, the both ways are great, bro. I mean... Knocking the door, door to door, Bible salesman music is the way to go. And also, if you can get the big monster behind you, it's the way to go. There's not, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, bro. You know, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. And we haven't got to follow a model. I mean, I heard the other day, not that I know anything about fucking urban music, but I heard Stormzy. I haven't even got a manager. Really? Yes, mate. You wow. know what I'm saying? Stormzy have done all that shit himself. Fucking hell. You know, I mean, he's ever, he's ever time and all that crap, but I'm just trying to say, you know, the thing I always go, you need a manager, you need this, you need that. There's a lot of acts out there with the internet and the way it fucking did Spotify and uh, YouTube. I think what you need is a clever motherfucker in a room with a fucking computer. That's what you need mm, now. Right. And you can be the biggest in the world on that circuit. You know, I mean, I just think you did, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. But if I had my chance to live again, I would just get some fucking, I get four clever bastards with a computer. And I think they would help with just social media. Because I think a social media thing is really important. Yes. Especially if you want to touch on. So if you if you get 
you get a team of people who, who are behind it. It's like, I do my own my social media myself and it's shit. I know that. <laughs> and I'm too tough to spend it on somebody to do it for me. <laughs> but I just know that looking on it, when you see some of these acts out there, like people come up to me and say, do you know this one and that one? I've never fucking heard of them. Oh, they sold out Brixton Academy five times. Yes. Happens all the time. Yeah, man. I mean, come on now. Yeah. You know, and that's what, I, that, that's what I love, that it's not all fucking BMG or Sony or someone. It's Martin from fucking Fraser's Road who sorted his shit, his shit out. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's beautiful. I really do. I mean, I, I'd love to be in a situation where I have, I wasn't dependent on a record label or waiting for a time for the a time slot. Got you. You know, because I know being being with E-Rate Records, I've got to wait for that stuff and i got to wait for this and i got to wait for that. Right. But I just think there's so many ways you can skin the cat nowadays. It's not just one way to walk in there. That's but great. I think, yeah. But I do think the social media, that kid in his room, who got it down and knows how to do the memes and knows how to do this and knows how to do that. And they keep their ear to the ground and they know what's happening. If you can get a team of people like that, I think that's in this day and age, I think that's it's not plain sailing, but you're in a better position. You're in a better position. Yeah. 100% because in the lockdown, I was making about 500 bucks a month just from Spotify because not because I was getting loads and loads of streams, but because I've got a seven album catalog and I own 100% all of it because I'm independent. So I got the label side, I got the publishing, you know, I set up my own publishing outfit uh, and I got the writer side, producer side, I get everything, the performance side. So, you know, it's only a few hundred bucks. Being a help. Like Chuck D said, bro, if you don't own the masters, the masters own you. 100%. Yeah, man. And you, and like you telling me that, that's, that's, that's pretty brilliant, mate. That is absolutely, you know, I mean, I put out, during the lockdown, I did a, a covers album, which obviously doesn't belong to me, uh, but it was just fun to do that kind yeah. of thing. I, it was called, I think it was called 2020 Isolation Project. Right. And it's still, a, it's still out there. Basically, I took classic rock songs and I did reggae and, and ska versions of them. Nice. And I had a lot of fun doing that, but that was more for my own mental well-being more than anything. You know, I want, I would have wanted to do it with, with um, Skin Dread, but them boys are I find musicians the worst. <laughs> They're just so like, oh, I'm not sure about it. The word I'm not sure about that comes out of their mouth so much. It's like, oh, <laughs> so in the end, I did it with my mate with it on, on, on his, um, on his keyboard thing. And we just did, we did that isolation project, which is really good. Like, you know, but for you to have all that going on, bro, that's that's brilliant, man. That's really good. Well, I wonder sometimes because, you know, I do it all by myself and it's a 24-hour, 24-7 job, you know. Like, I miss so much, like, socially and in terms of what other people are doing because doing that, just staying afloat, independent, you know, when... Because I play all the instruments, I do all the production, I run the label, you know, I got my, I've got a commission for my second book now, I'm doing the podcast. I'm like you, I'm busy as fuck. But because I'm independent, I don't have anybody to bounce anything off or anybody handling, you know, media or... Or promotion or booking yeah. or anything like that it can feel a little bit overwhelming and like fuck you know am i doing this the right way have i made a rod for my own back yeah uh, other guys well, have got it all think, figured listen, out you know i think you have made a rod for your own back but at least you're giving yourself the idea <laughs> do you know what i mean like it. yeah i i think it's better you you make that rod for your back but at least but you can actually put the pressure on or take it off bro you've got the foot on the gas and it's how it's how fast you want it to drive great point. you know and i think great you, point. you telling me that now you know, it makes me think, well, you know, you got it going on, bro. Yeah, I'm signed to a record label. Yeah, I'm signed to a label. Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it's not important like it was before. Right. You know, and that's, that's how I view it. I really do. There's so many ways that people can get to where they need to go. Yeah, it's lovely to go to Rockfield, you know. Oh, man, it's beautiful to go to Bay 7 in Los Angeles, you know. All these amazing – it's got Worcestershire. To, to, I wouldn't be able to go there if it was just me. Right. 
I would need that for the in order to go to these amazing. And I've been to some of the best studios in the world. You know, the last Skin Dread album we recorded called Smile is coming out on um, the fourth of August um, this year. We've dropped one single called Give It Up Bum, but we went to a studio in in, in Worcestershire called Vader. Mm. They, oh, such a beautiful recording studio. Oh yeah, and and it's in. It's not like it, it's in. It's actually in a Georgian mansion. Yeah, yeah. And the good thing about it, the guy who runs it, um, Matt, Matt, he was just like the biggest hat guy. You know, he'd want to, you know, he'd come in the studio in the morning. It wasn't the trouble in your getting in your way, but I'd miss that. You know what I mean? Right. And I know that doing, doing the, 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 the double album in my house and at Richie's house and at Jeff's house, it was great fun, but the actual going to the studio for that memory, you know, it's like oh, I'm I trying bet. to get the record company because we've got a lot of more. On this record of Skin Dreads, we got a lot more sort of, it's heavy as fuck, but there's a lot more dancehall reggae vibes in there as well. Right. And I'm trying to get fucking Eric to p- pay for us to go over to Jamaica to do all oh, the videos. Yeah, you man. Know, I know, bro. And I'm really working on it. Like, and I really want to go to Jamaica to do the videos. because Not because I want to go to Jamaica, because life is made of memories, bro. Love it. You know, it. and that's not, and not because, and you know, I mean, I'd fucking put my money out of my own pocket to go there just to have the memories of doing the videos in Jamaica, going to Duns River Falls, going to fucking Kingston, Jamaica, doing these really cool, fun videos, making it look like fucking evil Fuji's. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I got that in my head, and I really, and I, I, and I hopefully, before, before, I, and I think m- making memories is a very important thing as a musician as well. Love it. You know, ha- like you said, yeah, like being in your room on your own and doing it, you on your own, it's yeah. lonely. Yeah. But be, being in a team, it's like it's like it's like a double edged sword. You can't win. Yeah. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Yeah. You know that's how I look at it. You love know? it, man. You you were dropping so much fucking wisdom on this. I'm loving it, man. You've, you've, you're going to put a spring in my step for the rest of the week, honestly. Good. Good. Pretty, we pat myself on the back after this. <laughs> big yourself up, mate. Fuck them all and big yourself up. That's what I say. <laughs> where do you, where do you get this energy from, Ben? Have you always been like this? Uh, you know, yeah. Just who you are. Yeah, right. I've always been like this. I've always had the fight and the, and the desire. I try to keep the coal alive, you know. I think that's one Love thing. It. As as when you got a, when you got a piece of coal, you take it out of the fire, it's going to go cold. It's like I I'm the one. Like and sometimes right. I piss myself off because I'm trying to encourage the boys in the band because you know it's not easy being in a band. No. no matter who you are. Yeah. So I'm the one who sends the stupid fucking. We gotta love each other and live together, and the world's a better. <laughs> you know, and, cheerleader. Come on, guys, we got this. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to do with skin dress. Sometimes I do that because we do fall into places where he's a cunt. No, you're the cunt. Yeah, right. You're the cunt. Your songwriting shit. No, yours is, and you know what I mean. And it does. It hurts your heart. Like it just. It weighs heavy on you. Right. So I just want to be in a, in in um. One thing about a band with longevity, the the fire goes out. As in, like, we got a gig in um fucking Brazil. Oh, nice one. <laughs> Not on, Brazil boys. again. Fucking hell. Oh, Brazil, is it? Fucking, fucking miles away. Two miles away. I just can't come here. You know what I mean? And it's, like, it's, it's like I still got the fire. And I say to the boys, right. come on, man. Don't be like that. Don't let's be do like it. that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, let's just rally around. And if there's two people arguing, I go, you know what I mean? Let's let's sort it out and stuff like that because I don't care who you are. It's, it's, you know, we're not all like Markham and Wise live, sleeping in the same bed having a good laugh all yeah, the time. Right. And I think sometimes you've got to really, you really got to watch the people around you because mental health is something that you let it go. You let it slip real quick. Oh, yeah. You know, you won't even know your friend. You know, the people in my band are suffering this shit, suffering from mental health, including myself, including them. Um, so we got to watch 
how people's lifestyle, not just I'll meet you on stage next week. You know, right. we I want to call Dan up and go, Hey, how are you doing? I want right. to call Mikey up and say, how are you doing? Yeah. You know, it's, it's different, especially living in Newport. I can pop over Jeff's house. I can pop over Richie's and see him look him in the eyes. Yeah. But when you don't see, see each other from four or five, six months, I want to make sure that the people in my band are still okay. You know, cause you know, not all, not all of us got fucking beautiful wives and families and all that stuff around. Yeah. But some of us are our own, you know? And it, yeah. Yeah, I think you need to be there for people. And, and well, I want to be there for people. Not everybody's there for everybody, but I want to be there for my bandmates. I just don't, I always say, when I introduce Mikey, my, my guitarist, I go, this is Mikey, my friend. He also plays guitar with me. Love it. You know, it's not just, oh, Love yeah, it. he's just my guitarist. I don't want to be just my guitarist. Yeah. I think that, that, that you know, I mean, it's not, a, it's not just the money making machine. It's about the memories that we make. It's a family, man. Yeah. I, I always go, I, I try to find in the last four years, I put on a lot of weight about four years ago when I, and I went from fucking 19 stone down to 14 and I kept it off and now wow. I'm about 16. Wow. And now I'm 16. So I kept the, I kept two off, but, um, I tell you what, it's not easy going to gym every day. I fucking ate it most days, bro. But what I found the, the, the love that me and Mikey had on the last tour is he started coming to the talk, coming to the gym with me. Right. So we get, I get up in the morning. I'm an early morning. I'm a, I'm up at fucking seven most mornings. Right. Like he's 11 o'clock man. So I get up, I'd find the gym, text him and go, look, Mike, this is where the gym is. Come on down. I've been there in a half hour. And we get to the gym. And I think that that was really good because when you're doing weights, the last thing you want is your fucking guitar is pushing more than you. <laughs> Do you, know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? So it was very motivating. And I found I that we, 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 we rekindled the love that we lost. Uh, exercise is so good for mental health as well, man. I, cause I, I've, yeah. I've had those battles myself and I, I also lost a couple of stone a few years ago. You know, I got really, yeah. really into it. Cardio every day, lift, you know, weightlifting, nutrition, all that sort of stuff. And it can get quite addictive and, and obsessive, yeah. you know, and I just felt yeah. fucking great. But then in the lockdown, you know, I, I, it all went to shit, you know, so I'm trying to get back yeah. on it now. So I can totally relate to that because that bond you're talking about through fitness as well, even if it's unspoken or, 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 or yeah. untangible, yeah. it's there. You know what I mean? Definitely. And like I said, going to the gym, like me and Mikey, like we was on the road for nine, 10 weeks and it wasn't a week. Uh, we went to the gym. I th think we went to the gym like five days a week. Wow. Through to all of that. I still, still playing in the night as well. You must've been fucking burning some calories, man. Jesus. Well, I thought that was the beauty of it. Cause I did feel much better for it. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, listen, I love fucking beer. I love chips and I love beans and fucking eggs, bro. I love that stuff. But I think there's balance that we have to have, especially on the road. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I love a drink. I love, I act, I love acting crazy, but you've got to do it a few times. Not every fucking night. I don't think my voice could hold out Quite. drinking booze and fucking screaming at the top of my voice yeah. in nightclubs every night, going to the after parties. It's like, I don't do the after party thing no more when I'm touring because right. I need, I need after the performing, screaming up and running up and down. Listen, from the microphone in your living room, right, in your studio, to a stage, you're using a different form of your voice. Totally. You know, the, you know, the things you do in the studio with the mic, you can't do that and expect people to hear you. Yeah. So you really got to give it all you got. Well, I got to give it all I got when I'm on stage. So hence, when I come off stage, it's no use me going to a fucking after party no. when I got to scream and can't scream. How are yeah. you doing later on? That was a great show. That was fucking music you know. blasting. What's that? Ah. But, yeah, and you're screaming. And I yeah. found out, um, and it took me a while, mind, that I'd do a tour, and the first four shows, I'd be great. And then for the rest of the tour, I'd be struggling. Right. You know what I mean? And what I found out is just rest your voice. Go to bed. Yeah. You know, the good thing about supporting Volbeat, God bless them, they're beautiful guys and all that. But by the time they've gone on stage, 
I was wrapped up in my fucking bike, bro. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I mean, I, I caught, because I like, I like me on a, I like the shows on a Saturday. I'm a Saturday night kind of guy, so I like to watch, because I know no one's got work in the morning, or very right. few of the audience got work in the morning. Yeah. So I'd like to go and watch Volbeat on a Saturday. Right. So, you know what I mean? And what I was, so when I finished the show, yeah, I love the ego massage. No one loves ego massage like me, bro. Right. <laughs> but what I was finding, it was more beneficial as a vocalist and a performer. If I went to bed, got an early night, woke up, went to gym, I spent the afternoon doing whatever, you know what I mean? Walking around the city. I'm a shopaholic as well, so I do right. buy a lot of shit. What are you going to ask so you about that? Walk, yep. <laughs> walking, walking around city budget. And then when you get back to, to lunch at half past four, you have your lunch. Then it's showtime at half past six, seven o'clock, you right. know? And it was a routine that I got into. And I know the reason why my voice held out all that tour was because I was into that routine. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And more, more great advice for bands, man. I mean, how do, you, um, how do you manage then doing everything that you do whilst also having, you know, like a home life and a family and a you know, wife and all that and the, and the personal <laughs> stuff? How do, you, how do you balance all that? I'm, I'm always interested in how people manage to strike that balance. I, I, you know, I believe in this, bro. Me first and the gimme gimme's, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm the first, right? And I've got four children. I've got 16 grandchildren and a beautiful wife, right? Yeah. Um, I would never want to meet my 16 grandchildren at the same time. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> that. As much as I love them. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about balance. Everything is about balance. You know what I mean? Um, I'm fortunate to live in a really shit neighborhood, but everybody in the neighborhood knows me. There's no, you know what I mean? It's quite a, quite a heavy neighborhood. Mm. But, you know, I mean, just helping in the community and doing stuff around for some of your mates and stuff, you know what I mean? And just being there for people. You know, like a woman the other day, you know, just doing things like you do. Like someone says, so-and-so so got cancer, what can you do? And, you know, I mean, the best thing I can do is give you a framed photograph signed by the band and send it to you. Right. You know, I find my time is taken up a lot by just doing that. Yeah. You know, taking stuff around the people and stuff like that. But and I want to say, you know, I'll be honest with you, the one of the, other than singing, and having that blessing in my life, one of the most one of the most rewarding things I ever got involved in was was um was was um, voluntary work for church, right? Helping uh, helping people, you know, just helping the, the 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 homeless and stuff like that. I thought that was really good, bro. So that was rewarding. rewarding, yeah, man. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, and I mean, like they'd come in, and, and I was when I was I worked at, um, the voluntary work in a place called Caring Hands in Newport. And I was there for about four years. Wow. And that was just before Skindred started. Right. And it was so rewarding because I met a lot of a lot of people on drugs. A lot of people just fucked up and their life turned a different corner. They didn't expect to be homeless or anything like that. But I was the one who would just take them into the room and give them the showers and get, pick their clothes for them. Like, you know, and I Amazing. loved it. Amazing. You know, taking, taking the transformation. You know, I mean, like fucking people covered in lice from head to foot. Scary shit, bro. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Their nails are like fucking Nosferatu's. You know what I mean? You got to cut their nails, their toenails, their feet, sometimes fucking wipe their ass. Yeah. You know, but I just felt like it was something where it was, if no one, they'd say thank you. They'd say thank you. But in, inside myself, the reward, the, 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 the massage myself, give myself is so beautiful. And that's the only way I can describe it. You know what I mean? That's Saying amazing. you've done good today. That's amazing. You know, and yeah. I was after, that was between dub war and, uh, and skin dread. I was right in the middle of it. How do you find the time to do all this and, and have, you know, four kids and a wife and, you know, and, and, well, I mean, and the four kids present, are not kids you know. no more. They can all fuck off. They look after themselves. Last time I dealt with them was like, my daughter's like, listen, I, I look at it like this. I want to be their dad, but I want to be their friend as well, bro. Right. You know, right. And I want them to be able to console in me and I want people to be able to tell me stuff. I, you know, I mean, if I can't say my missus is my best friend, she's not my fucking miss. She shouldn't be my missus. Yeah. 
Well, I should be able to tell her something and not, uh, not get upset. I'm, a, I'm, I'm back and forth. You know, and I want that to be in a, in, in a relationship. And I try to get that with all my friends. You know what I mean? No matter what their, their mindset or, or, or their beliefs are. Like, you know, I try to just, just be true. Like, like, you know, like Willie Wobbledagger said. You know who Willie Wobbledagger is, don't you? No. Yeah, you do. Willie Wobbledagger. Some people call him William Shakespeare. Oh. <laughs> right? Willie Wobbledagger said, and I think this is fucking true, to thine own self be true above all things. And I think that's, that's fucking great. I think that being true to yourself. And sometimes, like you said, when people say to you, going back to the, the original conversation, when people say, yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that, and then they fuck you over, it'd be nice if at the very beginning they said, wait a minute, I don't want to do it, Bench. Instead of like, you know, you excite, because look, look how excited I am talking to you. I'm an excitable fucking person. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that bubble gets burst so fucking easy when people let me down right. in that aspect. You know, I, I get, I get person. If I get an idea for a song and I say it to my bass player or my guitarist, and they go, "Yeah," I'm like, "What? You, you don't understand. One day you'll see my genius." You know, <laughs> I, I'm like that. You know, I want, I want everyone to be as excited as I am about everything. But it's contagious, man. It's, I'm feeling it now. You know, it's contagious. I play, I play a song to my bass player. It's funny because he'll play me a beat and I'm fucking banging my head. My head's moving. You can't see it, but it's moving. Banging my head. <laughs> And then I'll play him one, and he goes stiff as a fucking ball. Ah. Puts his hand on his puts his hand on his lip and goes. It's all right. Mm. I'm like, what the fuck? I just played you when I was dancing. What <laughs> happened to you? So I guess it's just strokes for folks, isn't it? Yeah. People do do. People act in different ways in different situations. Totally. I believe you know. Totally. They're, 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 I'm loving this, man. They're, yeah, and then that energy is contagious as well. I mean, I was going to ask you, you know, how do you? Um, I was going to ask you how you stay inspired, but I don't think you need to. I think it's just you. Are, you. It's just in you. You. You know, you're always. Uh, you've got this energy, and you've got this passion, and this this need to create and enjoy the moment. And I think that seems to be what fuels you. I think you know it's like you said earlier on when when people I do enjoy even the aspect of someone saying look. My whole life, even on that Volbeat tour, the reason why I find it so difficult at first because people tell me I'm good all the time, and it's like they wasn't saying that. I was the support act, and I've been Reggie right. Webb from Skin Dread for fucking years. But we were doing. We, I in all my life, I've been dying to do CIA Wembley Arena main support of a big act. Right. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't choose the game. No, if if it was up to me, it'd have been fucking System of a Down headlining because I love them. There's nothing them guys can do that I think is wrong. And I'd love to be the man. But no, I was given this band from Scandinavia who wasn't that friendly. Um, they, they didn't come into your dressing room and make sure right. you was okay. Right. They said hello sheepishly in the hallway right. as you walked past. But that, but they were the breaks that I had to deal with. And I had to make, and I, and at first going on that tour, I was like, because like I said, I'm this guy. So when I meet people who are like, hey man, it's like, yeah, how yeah, the yeah. fuck do I do that? <laughs> like, you know what? It's a funny saying, you know, you learn to play the game with the cards you've been dealt. Mm. And that's exactly what I did with the, with the Volbeat vibe. Now, I know at the beginning, with the, the, the tour manager was pretty standoffish. The production manager was standoffish. The stage manager was standoffish. Brother, nine weeks after that, for, for eight weeks, I'd say for like six weeks, they were fucking standoffish. And I'd be like, wow. what the fuck have I done? Wow, man. Oh, my God, I haven't done anything. You know, you can't. But you know what? The last two weeks, then people started opening up, right? Telling you how good, how, how happy they were to have you on the tour. You guys are a breath of fresh air. Thank wow. you so much. And there's me thinking, oh, they fucking hate me. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, bro. 
It's all in the battleground was in my mind. Not 100%. this. They were 100%. doing a job. Yeah. And everyone's dealing with battles. They might have had their own battles going on that you didn't know about. Exactly. You know? But I was going to say, I went home twice on that tour in nine weeks. Them poor bastards from, from fucking Atlanta, uh, Canada. Right. Yeah. They never went home, bro. Right. So why the fuck should they care about me running them down acting all silly? Got you. Yeah. You know? But by the time the end of the tour came, the same people who I thought didn't really like the band or didn't give a fuck about us really enjoyed us. And they, they made the. They made that known, and that was the best part of the tour. And Adia, my drummer, looked at me the one day because he knows what I'm like. He went, "See, <laughs> <laughs> it's not all about you." <laughs> oh, it's just great to hear this, man. Thanks so much for sharing this with us, Benji. I mean, this is like I think a lot of people are going to really relate to this, and it's going to make them feel a lot better about their own journey as well. Because, like I said, you know, we, everyone we all kind of feel like this shit only happens to us, you know. Good, good. I mean, at the end of the day, bro. You know, I mean, like I said, I. I I could have lived anywhere in the world. I wanted to live in New Box. I wanted to be like, for want of a better word, like a shining beacon in a place where, you know, just to, to the other musicians around you to look at you and go, well, you know what, you haven't got to do anything more than just be yourself. Love it. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and I think that's important. You know what I mean? I mean, some of the artists who, who've checked for me over the years and, you know, and some of the singers and the musicians, you know, I'm like, wow, I can't believe they did me. Like, But, you know, I mean, people see talent in other things like and you haven't necessarily got to see yourself you know I love it. I love it. I, I love your whole attitude, man. Your attitude on life. And one thing I also love is your, uh, which I, which I think is a reflection of what's inside, is your fucking style, man. Where do you get your clothes, and where can I get a pair of those sunglasses from? Um, my style. You know what? When I was a little little boy, and they asked me to be the king in the play, in the nativity play, I went to rehearsal, and then. I, Three days before the show, I put the king clothes on. And you know what? The feeling I got from putting them fucking king clothes on, the crown and the, the weird little fucking Arabic clothing thing they put me in, was magical. Right. And I never did anything like that till I was much older. And then when I, but when I started singing in bands, it wasn't about the way you dressed and all that. I was just, I know, you couldn't hold that down. You couldn't, right. you couldn't like portray that. But I got to a stage in Skin Dread, because in double I was always wearing army clothes and all that. But when I got to a stage in Skin Dread, I was like, when Elvis walks into a room, you know Elvis is in the room. Mm. When Michael Jackson walks in a room, you know Michael's in the room. When the Pope walks in a room, you definitely know he's in a room. <laughs> right? So I said, and when Freddie walks into a fucking oh, yeah. room, you know Freddie's it, right? Hell yeah. And I thought, I want, I want a piece of that. And that's when it started, started small, like a little fucking shiny bracelet. Okay. Maybe, you know, it started small, but then I got this alter ego called Nigarachi. <laughs> <laughs> He's the black bastard son of Liberace. <laughs> right? And when I'm putting all this shit on, bro, and I'm putting this, all this shit, I just <laughs> love it. I think there's nothing, I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, like for me, putting on the putting on the clothes and doing the, the, the that all that stuff is is the best. And I love and I love I love the dress up thing. I love the I love putting it on and putting on the like the the, the spiky glasses and just coming the alter ego. You know, like I said, my alter ego is Nigarachi. I, is your alter ego that different from the real bench though? Because I imagine I just I just think if you dressed like that in a house. <laughs> well, no, do you know what's happened is the alter ego. <laughs> what happened is, bro. It used to be something I could do now and again, but now it's just taken over. Right. <laughs> there, is, there is no Benji where it's just gone. The other guy, you right. You know, I, I, and I love that. You know what I mean? People say to me all the time, Aldo, 
fuck could you wear that? I said, I don't know. I just put it on this morning. He said, well, I'll tell you what, bro. I wouldn't get away with it. And I said, I agree. You look good in it, you know, and that's it. I mean, working, man. it's confidence, isn't it? I think in whatever you do, if you've got confidence and you just say, right, you know, I don't walk into a pub full of fucking, you know, West Ham supporters and go, I feel sheepish. You know, you got to walk and, f- and feel it. And that's what I feel like, you know, and, and I still feel like putting on the clothes and wearing, wearing the out- outlandish shit is what I want to do and what I want to portray as a friend, man, you know? Love it, love it. Do you customize your clothes yourselves or do you buy it? Because I've never, oh, where the fuck do um, you get clothes I like do, I used to. <laughs> I, well, this first pair of glasses I, I did try to make, but the spiky ones, that was fucking fun. <laughs> yeah, that was real fun. But I see things. I see things and I go, right, wow, that jacket looks good. I wonder if I could do that like that. And I got a few different people around the country. Like, say, I had, the, I had one of the download suits. I call it Knievel because it's based on Evil Knievel suit. Right. And, uh, and it's got a, uh, and it's strange because the only way I can describe it is I got the Evil Knievel thing, but I want a Russian military vibe to it as well. Mm. You know what I mean, and that's the way I do it. And I got different things. Like, like I got one called King Kong, which is this full-on fucking black fur. You know what I mean? So, and that's the vibe. I just look at. I'm very, I'm very movie orientated. I'm, I'm crazy movie oriented from, from fucking Saturday Night Fever all the way up to Pulp Fiction. I'm just crazy for movies. Right. And sometimes I see things in movies, and I go, I wonder if I could just add that with that and see what it look like. Unfortunately, I got people around the world who. I can't draw the pictures, but they, they know my voice and they, they know what I want to see. Right. And I said, because they ain't got the ideas. It's the same with a guy with the fucking T-shirts. He never had the ideas for the shirts. I gave him the ideas and then he made them up and I went, that's yeah. it. And I do that a lot with different things and different people, you know, around, around the world. And sometimes it, it looks fucking brilliant. And sometimes it's like, where are you going? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, Nick from the Manics does that with his jackets, doesn't he? Because he's got, he's got well, a, I, a girl down south yeah. that customizes it with a stencil shirt and st- stapling things to well it. that's it well i mean you've got to remember the manics came when they when their idea the vibe i think anyway was definitely from the clash oh top 100 percent, 100 percent. you know and when yeah. i see, when i seen when i seen um the clash as a kid growing up because the pistols had one vibe but the clash had another oh the, the clash, clash were cool the cla- the, i mean the pistols you'd have to go to westwoods and buy that shit right right you know but with the clash you know you could get your dad's jacket and spray some shit on there and yeah the clash were cool man and I'm still doing it. I mean, there's, there's shirts I wore on the last tour we did in the UK that I, I did myself, you know. And I actually did them at the show on the morning of the gig. Like, I get to the gig, right. go, get to the gig, go to Primark, go to um, Body Art or whatever it's called, Works, go to the Works, get a tin of spray, and go back, make a stencil, and just do that shit. You know, and I enjoy that, and I think that's pretty. That's pretty because when I was a kid, I couldn't afford bondage trousers. I remember I was I was there when the Sex Pistols were still together. I was I was a kid. You know, my dad looked at the paper, showed me a picture of all these punks with, with pins in their nose and said, and they call us animals. That's what mm. my dad said. <laughs> Look at these lot, like, and they're from yeah. the jungle, like, you know. But I remember that. So, But I remember going and finding old trousers and ripping them and fucking sewing zips on them. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's what we did as a kid growing up. And I, and I, and I love that fact. And, I, and that's true punk rock, man. That's a punk rock aesthetic. D- DIY in all things, you know. I always say blue banana got some cool shit, but you can't beat, you're making your own. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love it. You know, and I think that's what punk is about. DIY, you know, it definitely is. And I still got that aspect. Because I, I, when I went to Graceland, I've been to, I've been to Graceland's, fuck me. I can honestly say I've been to Graceland six times. Wow. Yeah, because, you know, when I got a day off and I'm in Memphis, that's where I'm heading off. You know, that's where I'm going. And I've been there about six times and. First times I went there, you, the, when the third and fourth time I went there, you see a lot of things different. You know, the clothes are different. And you realize that 
Elvis 60 comeback special is not that special. You know, right. when you go close to it and look at it yeah. and take the time to look at it, you can see it's fucking, it looks, it's not, it's in a glass case. You know, all these cool Elvis cat suits, but you can see how rough they look. And there's nothing better than smoke and mirrors, bro. When you get on that stage and there's a little smoke and the lights, it's something else. Some oh, of the yeah. stuff I wore on stage, you wouldn't fucking believe it when you see it up close. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I think with the smoke and the mirrors at the spark and the sequence. Yeah, the lighting. The yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. 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 Love it. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be getting, I'm going to go into the works as soon as I put the fucking stop on this podcast now and get some spray paint. It is, mate. <laughs> well, actually, I've got a fucking badass jacket, man. It's in the other room. I'd show it to you, but I'll send, I'll send you a picture of it. Please um, do. Yeah, they're like friends of mine over in Essex have got a company that do like bespoke custom kind of denim wear stuff where they get like, um, like distressed denim and then they paint these amazing fucking works of art on it, like proper, like heavy metal gothic looking shit. And then they sprinkle it with like, crystals and stuff and it looks fucking amazing because they're totally one-offs you know and uh, when my album came out make anchor great again they they sent me a jacket um totally just for free you know which is fucking awesome of them um with the album cover cover the complete back of the jacket and uh it, it dude it looks it looks the absolute shit honestly so big shout out to uh jean jacket designs man Oh, send me a picture, man. I love that. That's what I'm saying. I like that shit, bro. Yeah, it's and, awesome. and that's 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 my vibe, really. I mean, I think dressing to go on stage is so important, and I'm glad that my guitarist and um in Skin Dread has sort of stepped up. Mikey's basically he wants to like wear cool shit now as well. So right. we get these we got these like fucking black hats and the glasses. Yes, he looks I'm, cool. And when I'm walking to when I'm walking the stage with Mikey and the boys, it's like yeah, we're you look badass. The band, the whole band looks fucking badass, man. It's a well, good. That's look. what you know what the guys from Bad Wolves they were saying to us, like you know, and I thought they were taking the piss at first, but they were the opening act on the Volby tour. Mm. And the guys from Bad Wolves, they, they'd say like, you know, you guys. And I thought it was just fucking, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah. But they genuinely meant that when they when we were going towards the stage, we looked like we was going to do some fucking damage in it. You look like a fucking rock and roll band. That's yeah. Yeah. Amen, brother. And that's the way you want to be, right? Damn Cheers. fucking straight. One hundred percent, man. Well, speaking of the band and everything you got going on, before we wrap up, fill us in one more time. What's happening? What's coming up? What's going on? Well, uh, well, Dubois released that album um, on Eric Records. Uh, called Westgate Under Fire. And beautiful thing about that, and that's like 25 re- years, 25 fucking years, really that shit, since we released the first re- album, Pain, on Eric Records. So that's really cool. Um, and Skindred signed to Eric as well. Um, and I, th- I thought that was, that was such a good thing because it's like, time is a healer and it's a revealer, you know? Oh, dude, just a line from my book. <laughs> <laughs> I said my book. I thought I came up with that. <laughs> yeah, you no, no, no. I, I did read your book before I come on, Mike. <laughs> but but it is it is a time. It does give you, but it makes things 100%. what was hidden come 100%, out. Yeah, you know. And what I thought was like I can't remember what we're talking about now. Yeah, and being with Eric Records. I mean, last Monday, but there's a Wednesday. Monday, twenty nine years ago to the day, wow. a song of ours called Gorit came out. Yeah. I spent Sunday evening in shock. <laughs> I just couldn't believe I kept... Jenny said, you going to fucking say that again? <laughs> 20, 20... It was just... I was just in shock that it's been that long. I've had so many good times, bro, more than bad, you know, and I've lost some beautiful people along the way, mm. but their memory stays with me and makes still makes me smile. You know, yes, they're not there to make me smile, but I can go back to that memory bank and yeah. bring them back, you know, for that time when I need them, you know what I mean? And yeah. they still make me laugh. But I'm looking back at that and and just 25, 20, 29 years. It's it's been a it's been a long journey, but I think um, I'm in the one. I feel like I'm on the winning side. 
You know what oh, I mean? Oh, one hundred percent, dude, one hundred percent. And and long may it continue, bro. As well, I mean, like, I, I, look, let's hope you got another fucking twenty nine in you, man. You know, bro. I got, I got, I got a lot of fucking. Oh yeah. So what I got happening is this: I got <laughs> the Dub War Tour coming up. Um, Westgate Under Fire that starts on the the first of March and ends on the ninth. We got a, an amazing television program in Germany to do on the twenty on the eighteenth, which is really cool because Jeff was watching it the other night and. You know, you've had the Deftones on there. You've had fucking Frank Black. You've had just nice. amazing band. Can't remember the name. I'll, I'll, I'll drop you a list of it. But um, yeah, we got that going on, and I'm really excited because I'll be honest with you, the the, the next Skindred album is probably the best since Babylon. Oof. And I can say that honestly, it's it's just so. I mean, the pandemic, as much as it was a curse, it was a blessing for people who, who want to be creative. And I know that I took the time to really write and really think about my subject matters on this. I mean, I'm always going to be singing. As long as the world is unjust and fucking horrible, I'm going to be there to sing about it. It's going to be good songs. Yeah, man. Yeah, it inspires me to sing. Don't don't get me wrong, because we've got a song on a new album that we performed at Download called uh, um, Smile Please, L-O-V-E. And we had the opportunity to play something really heavy or play something really nice, something reggae and different from what you would get at Download. And when I, because I wanted to play something heavy, you know, I really, and and I thought Ali was fucking with me at first. He said, well, let's play that, that reggae kind of vibe, a, a download. And I said, all right, you know, I sort of sold it to me. And when we played it, you know, in a field full of fucking golf, heavy yeah. metal, yeah. hardcore people, they all dug the song called Love. And I thought wow. that was the best thing. You know, I mean, it really made me go, you know, I don't care what color you are, what sexuality you are. You want love. And that is the most, I can't express in my musical career enough that love is something that I love to watch. I love to see people smile when I play and I love to feel that energy coming back. And and the best of all is when they're walking out the venue, sometimes I go on the bus and I just sit in the bus and watch people coming out the venues and I just see them Hugging, smiling, oh, loving, wow. and that, bro. Yeah. It is priceless. It's priceless. It is bro. priceless. You yeah, know? It's priceless. <laughs> You're doing great work, man. It's it, it's the same ethos as when you were working in the homeless shelter all those years ago and helping yeah, out. You know I, what I mean? Bro, I don't feel much different. I know. I mean, a little same queer, thing. but that's about it. It's the same thing. You're spreading love, yeah, and dude, and you've got a lot of love out there for you as well. You know, we uh, appreciate that. You know, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for everything you're doing. Thanks for coming on the podcast and giving us all this fucking awesome wisdom from you know your incredible yeah, life journey. We really appreciate it. And um, yeah, we'll just fucking please keep doing your thing, and long may you continue to shine, brother. Yeah, man. I'll send you some shit on um, WhatsApp. All right. Wicked. Thank you, Ben. Speak to you soon. Thanks again Thank for doing you, this, man. Take care. Wicked. Thanks, mate. Bye. And he's gone. Wow. What did you think of that? Put it together with Mr. Benji Webb, a.k.a. a word I can't say. <laughs> uh, man, I just love it when people know who they are. You know, Benji, like, what did he say? Uh, Willie, Willie uh, Wobbledagger <laughs> said, you know, know, know thyself. An ancient Greek thing coming from Socrates, you know. Um, yeah, just know who you are. Like, I, I get the, uh, the feeling that the Benji Webb knows exactly who he is, and he's very comfortable being Benji Webb. And uh, his value system, man, is right on point. You know, what a cool dude. And I love it when people are open and honest like that, you know, and they share their vulnerabilities and their, their, their shortcomings and their failures as well as their strengths and their successes. And they manage to make something good out of all of it. Such a good example. And, and like so many great one-liners as well. Jesus Christ. What did he say? Uh, when you're going through hell, keep going. I love that, man. The dude had a lot to say about life and the lessons he's learned, you know, through the, the hard upward journey on the, uh, the brutal rock and roll freeway. 
And he made a lot of good points about the music business as well. I think there's a lot of words of encouragement in there for bands who are kind of slogging it away on the circuit, you know. And he seemed to be in favor of the new model as well, which is interesting because I get both sides on this podcast. Basically, what a dude. That was a fun chat. That hour flew by. We probably could have talked for another, I don't know, God knows how long. But that was a fun chat, and I'm a fan. Benji Webb, we salute you. Do go and check out everything he's got coming up with the bands Dub War and Skin Dread. You can catch Dub War on tour with my good friend Mr. Jeff Rose as of March the 1st. They're playing in some of my favourite venues in Sheffield, London, Southampton, Nottingham, Exeter, Bristol, Bradford, Blackpool and Bedford. They're playing all over the goddamn place. So go and check them out whilst you can. Starting on March the 1st right through to March the 9th, 2023, baby. And I'm sure the Skin Dread will be back kicking ass hot off the heels of that tour finishing. So if you're not already on the socials, get on Facebook at Skindred and Dub War. Check out their websites. Check out their Insta handles. Do follow Benji on Instagram. He's hilarious. And if you enjoyed listening to our chat, please share the shit out of it and spread the word. Final reminder to subscribe to the podcast. Whilst you're here, just click the follow button or the subscribe or whatever the fuck it is. Just hit it and give it a share. Give us a like. Give us a thumbs up or a star or whatever the fuck you got to do to help me out. That would be really appreciated. I will see you next week with another episode with another awesome guest. And in the meantime, as always, have a great week. Take care of yourself and take care of each other.